Hello and welcome to Paincast, conversations on pain and physiotherapy. This podcast is brought to you by the Pain Science Division of the Canadian Physiotherapy Association. I'm Tiffany, a physiotherapy student at the University of Toronto. Today's episode features patient's perspective of pain. Elijah developed idiopathic lower extremity joint pain. In other words, hip, knee, and ankle pain of an unknown cause since 2018 during his final year in university. He has gone through very difficult times because of the pain. He is still living with it, but it thankfully has been stabilized. In this episode, we explored his journey of going through and coming out of the severe joint pain, his physical, emotional, and social experiences of pain, the consultations he had with various healthcare professionals, and what it means to live well with pain. Hi, Elijah. How are you doing today? Hi, Tiffany. I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on Paincast and sharing your experience with us. To start off, can you introduce yourself to our audience? Yeah, of course. Uh, thanks for inviting me. Uh, my name is Elijah. I'm 24 years old. I, I'm working as a lab technician, but I plan to return to school next year to become a high school teacher. Previously, I studied chemistry and biochemistry, and I have joint pain. <laughs> okay. And we'll be talking about your experience with pain quite a bit in this episode, but I just want to put it out there. You're not defined by your pain, even though we're talking a lot about it. So would you mind if I asked you five rapid fire questions for me and our audience to get to know you a little more? Yeah, of course. What do you like to do? I enjoy playing video games. All right. What are you reading or watching these days? Uh, I'm reading the second Corinthians of the Bible. What do you like to eat? Ice cream. I like ice cream too. What is your favorite saying or a motto? Um, I have a quote from the Bible from the Second Chronicles. Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. It really encourages me when I face difficulties. It does really sound very comforting. Do you have three words to describe your personality? Um, I'm detail-oriented, compassionate, and a little bit indecisive. (laughs) Thank you so much for being honest. So, as much as you want, can you tell your story of pain? How and when did it start and how had it evolved? Yeah, of course. Um, I have chronic joint pain in my uh, both legs my knees, my ankles, and hips. So the joint pain started back in 2018, and it worsened over half a year. And my condition was the most severe in um, like 2019, but it has been more stabilized since 2020. So, um, and it's been like that for like three years uh, since it stabilized. Uh, I don't know how the pain started, I had a pretty healthy lifestyle, didn't have any injury, and the doctor and the specialist, they couldn't make a diagnosis. Uh, that's like an overview of my joint pain. Should I go more, like, a little bit more in-depth? Yeah, if you don't mind. Uh, so this is more detail about my pain. Uh, so 
when the pain began, like I was a university student, I exercised regularly, ate a balanced diet, worked in the research labs. Uh, and in the summer of 2018, my left knee started to experience tingling sensations and some mild uh, pricking pain. But I continued to stay active at that time. Like I started to see doctor later in the year, but I didn't think it was a big deal at that time. So, but, but by the winter of 2018, the pain in my left knee has progressed from aching to sharp pain. And the pain also spread to my right knee, both ankles and my left hip. So I started to uh, use a walking cane to get around. And the joint pain has been the most severe in the first few months of 2019. I only experienced sharp pain when I moved around or put pressure on these joints, but not when I was sitting or sleeping. But I could not walk or stand for more than five minutes without feeling excruciating pain. And I pretty much like had to sit down like after five minutes of standing. And in the spring of 2019, I had to take a break from school because my right wrist started to hurt as well. It's probably from using the cane too much. And my condition fluctuated in 2019 until 2020. And then it started to stabilize since then. Right now, my joint pain is a lot milder than before. I still experience dull pain at my knees and ankles, and unless I stress them out too much, like uh, walking or standing a bit longer than I should, or like bending my knees too much. Um, sometimes my hip hurts, but it's a lot less consistent. So like a lot le less often, my wrist is pretty much okay right now because I don't have to use a cane to walk around anymore. Yeah, and that is how my pain progressed and then got a little better. That is a long journey to experience that. So you were a university student when all of these started. What year were you in? I was in my third and last year. Yes. Yeah, good at that time because I had to take a break. Mm-hmm. And when it started from tingling and prickling sensation to sharp pain, what were you thinking about that time? Like in the beginning or sorry? What? Yeah, in the beginning. In the beginning, like I, I didn't think too much about it. I was thinking maybe I'm too like, I'm like standing for too too long when I when I was working in the research labs, um. But I like had a stool, so I get to sit down as well when I needed that. I don't really know that. Like, I I I thought that it would just come and go away. Like sometimes we experience weird body sensations and it just goes away, mm. like after a few days. But it wasn't getting any better. Yeah. So you weren't overly worried about the pain? Not really. I wasn't too worried. I continued like exercising, like I went to the gym, I would uh, lift weights, went swimming, uh, softball. Yeah, I didn't do like too much about the pain. Like I stretched a little bit more uh, before and after, I think, but not 
yeah, I wasn't too stressed about it. Mm-hmm. When did it start to be concerning? Mm, became concerning, I think, in the fall of 2018. It was progressing. It was still like more localized on my left knee and maybe my right knee. Um, but I was like, I started to see uh, doctors, so like the uh, general practitioners to figure out what's going on. Took some medications, it helped a little bit, but not too much. Did like a yeah, blood test, x-ray, stuff like that. Uh, but like as the pain got worse, I stopped exercising like I used to regularly. <laughs> like I just couldn't bear the pain anymore. And even like walking, standing was like a little too much for me. Mm. And when it started to spread to other joints, I, yeah, I just didn't really know how to deal with it. I started to use like knee braces and uh, walking cane. Those helped, but it, it doesn't completely get rid of the pain. Mm -hmm. And from fall of 2018, when you started to see the doctor till 2019, it's a, pretty much a downward slope. Would you say so? Yeah, it, it has been... Uh, downwards uh, spiral yeah, during that time. Mm -hmm. In that downward spiral, would you mind elaborating a little more of what are your thoughts about this pain? How do you understand that? Mm. It's affecting me like everyday life was hard. I felt like I can't do anything. And like, even though like I'm trying to see doctors and specialists, like the only way I know how to avoid my pain was to not to walk or uh, stand or like bend my knees too much. Yeah, I got really like kind of like helpless and hopeless at times. But that during that time, because you're so limited by your pain, was it important for you to have an answer of why you're having this pain? It was, yeah. I was trying to figure out what's wrong with me uh, or my joints, but I I didn't get an answer. I still don't know for sure to this day what caused my joint pain in the first place. At that time, like I really wanted answers, but now I'm a little bit more like used to it that I don't necessarily need an answer anymore. Right. At what point did you realize you don't necessarily need an answer anymore? It's probably after it stabilized. Like I mentioned, like in 2020, like it started to stabilize. Uh, so it wasn't fluctuating or it wasn't like it stopped its downward spiral and it wasn't fluctuating anymore. It's more like manageable. So like I know what to expect uh, from my joints. So I, I didn't feel like I need an answer anymore. Yeah. And right now, like I'm almost like feel like I'm living with it. Yeah. Yeah. In that process of seeking medical help, seeing doctors, seeing specialists, what were the specialists that you consulted in? And you mentioned none of them were able to give you an answer. What What did they tell you? Yeah, I uh, consulted like GPs, uh, rheumatologists, physiotherapists, uh, psychiatrists. I also tried a chiropractor and Chinese medicine. 
like acupuncture and herbal medicines. The doctor, they couldn't make a diagnosis. Like recently, I saw, uh, I visited a, uh, another rheumatologist and like when he looked at my blood, old blood test results, he thinks that the pain could have been caused by an infection, but he's not too sure because it was a while ago. Like he said, like it, it should be cleared by now. So like he was saying, the pain was originally caused by the infection, but right now it is still like chronic because like it's like an after effects and also like I need to like because uh, I I I pretty much stopped exercising uh, when it was hurting too much. Uh, I need to like like strengthen my muscles again and then the pain should go away. Yeah, so right now I'm trying, hopefully, like I'm trying that out, like trying to exercise a little bit, strengthen my uh, muscles and see if that will help. Yeah, and I mentioned, uh, I saw a psychiatrist. He mentioned like, he doesn't know how the pain started, but he did notice my pain. I, I'd say like when it's like more stabilized, it does fluctuate a little bit with my mental well-being. He said like it's called a somatic symptom disorder. It isn't the cause of the pain, but it just makes it worse sometimes at times. Yeah, that's pretty much what I what I got from the doctors. Oh yeah, nothing like really conclusive. At least like at the time I, I thought I needed a diagnosis. Yeah. So it it's been quite a journey seeing all these different professionals and receiving different ideas of about your pain from them what how how was the experience was it confusing was it hopeful hopeless mm. it was really confusing i'd say like on a good side it's not like an uh, autoimmune disease or it, at least like that's what the doctor said it's like a good news it's not a rheumatoid arthritis but I felt like like I don't know how to deal with it if I don't have a diagnosis. What is the root cause of the pain? How to solve it? Like when I don't know the cause, I there's no way for me to really cure it. So like all I could do is like treatments and trying to alleviate the pain, but I don't really know what's causing the pain. And the pain is pretty much the only symptom that I have. So like I don't have any weakness or anything. Like I can still climb the stairs but it just hurt a lot mm -hmm. it, so yeah I don't really know like how to deal with it so what sort of treatments have you received medications like painkillers physiotherapy chiropractor and acupuncture didn't feel like they're helping a lot they help a little bit most of them help like a little bit but I was still like in pain even with the treatment the painkiller helps a lot, but it's not a long-term uh, solution. You still take painkillers now? No, I stopped taking it uh, since it's stabilized. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because right now it's mostly dull pain, and I know like where my limits are, so I don't stress it out too much, and it should, it is usually okay. Yeah, knowing your body becomes an important management strategy. Mm. So... How satisfied were you with these interactions and experience and treatments with various healthcare professionals? 
I'd say I'm not very satisfied because it wasn't helping with my pain too much. I do recognize their effort. The healthcare professionals, they're trying to help. But at one point, like I just gave up seeing, like visiting the doctors because I felt like it was not going to help anyways. So, yeah, you recognize their effort. Did you feel like they were empathetic to your pain, even though there is there remains an answer to be had about the pain? Yeah, I feel that they care for me. So, yeah. That's good. I'm glad. A lot of the times when we see patients with pain, we like to ask the question from zero to ten. Zero being no pain, 10 being the worst imaginable pain. How much is your pain? How would you rate it? Were you ever asked that question? Yeah. Right now, it's about two or three. Mm -hmm. At its worst, it was like eight or even nine for like a few months in early 20, uh, 2019. It has improved a lot. Yeah. Back then when you were in pain, or even now, did you have any trouble with answering this number scale question? When I was asked about that at first, I had trouble, like, what on a scale? But not, not too much, because it progressed from a really tickling, like, not really a pain at all sensation to sharp pain. So I can really gauge where I was. I haven't experienced, like, the worst 10 ever, but I, yeah, I can kind of guess where, where I was at. So to you, 10 is never an answer? <laughs> uh, not, not in this experience, at least. They say 10 is like childbirth, so I don't really know how bad that is, so mm. I can never know. Okay, so never 10 out of 10 pain. Do you have a story of when you experienced, you know, a really, really, really bad pain? Yeah, I, I was like back in university. It was during my worst times where I had to walk from my class to back home. It was like, a, I think, 10, 15 minutes walk. And there was no transit in between. So I pretty much had to walk and it was also snowing. But uh, normally it would take like, say like 15 minutes at a normal pace with snow because I was in so much pain. It took me like an hour. It was really hard. Like I was using my walking cane. I had my knee, knee brace on, knee braces on. Like every step hurts in my ankle and my knee. It was really hard, like just to walk that short distance. And it was like flat road to like, it's a pavement. I I felt like I didn't want to like do that anymore. I don't know, like. Oh, I can only imagine how, how painful physically and mentally it is because for me, I would probably be really frustrated. There's no other way to go than to suffer this through this whole hour, it's it's wasting time, it's excruciating. Uh, yeah, that must be really hard. Mm. Did you have to do that hour walk again, or that was the only one time? No, I did not do another hour walk. Okay. Uh, I, I don't really remember what happened after, like, did I just stop going to school or something? 
So I knew you had to take a pause from school. Was it because the pain was too unbearable? I had to take a break from school because my wrist started to hurt. So my, my right wrist, which I used to write, started to hurt as well. It was most likely because I used to cane too much. I couldn't write, I couldn't type, or even holding my phone hurt it a lot. So I had to, yeah, take a break from school. I went back home and just rested. Has the pain at that time affected you socially and or mentally? Yeah, I was a lot more grumpy. Like I, I'm like, I was pretty much fr frustrated anytime, <laughs> like really grumpy. Sometimes I really wanted to like talk to a friend or family, but it's kind of uh, like thinking back is, is kind of, it could be suffocating to my friends and family when all, all I have to talk about is the pain. My personality like changed a lot when I was experiencing pain. Like it was pretty drastic. I felt like I was a different person. Wow. So would you say right now who you are has returned back to the pre-pain, Elijah? Not really. I have changed. <laughs> Mm, for sure. like, I don't know, for better, for worse, I don't know. But I I have changed since I got the pain, like since I uh, like it stabilized. So totally not the same anymore. Yeah. And when you said your personality has changed when you were in that sort of pain, one of the things you said was you were grumpier. Were there other drastic changes you look back and saw? Any other drastic change about like my personality or Yeah. like a little more emotional? I, I get frustrated, like I mentioned, I get frustrated a lot easier, like a lot easier than usual. Like even minor things frustrated me. Okay. Do you feel like your friends and family were understanding of this change in your personality? Yeah. I think my family understands, but uh, and I'm trying to work on it still. So I think pain might have triggered my personality to, to change, like to be different, but it shouldn't stop me from becoming a better person or grow to be a better person. Mm-hmm. Especially like now that like pain has stabilized, accepting it, I can start working on myself. Like I have the capacity to work on myself now. Now that it has stabilized. So it, it shouldn't stop me from doing that. Even though like my family and friends, they understood me back then. Yeah, I think that's a good mindset. Did you think you would have the capacity to work on that if you weren't stabilizing in your pain? Let's say if you were still living in a lot of pain right now. Mm, no, it would be a lot harder. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Pain affected me like physically and psychologically. It, and sometimes you just, it's really hard to uh, take my mind off from what I need to avoid to avoid the pain, what I need to do to avoid the pain. And it's a lot harder. It's a lot tougher if the pain weren't stabilized. So would you credit a lot of the change in your mental state and your current state of well-being 
to the stabilizing of your pain? I'd say, uh, yeah, like it's stable, I think gives me like the capacity to work on something else. Mm -hmm. uh, so it does help. It provides the environment. Yeah, that that makes sense. I did like miss one thing about personality change. I think I became a lot more pessimistic about life in general when I was like suffering, which made sense because All I could see was pain and suffering. Yeah, I, I can imagine it can get very pessimistic about life because of this chronic pain just bugging all the time. With that, how do you think about your future when you were a university student doing chemistry and biochemistry? Before the pain, what were you thinking about what you were going to do and how does the pain change that? Before the pain, as in university, I was hoping to further my studies in chemistry to pursue a PhD. But because of the pain, I had to stop, like take a break. So I originally applied and I got an offer for like a PhD scholarship. But I had to decline because I couldn't finish my semester. It was my last semester. I didn't really know like what to do after. I didn't have much plans outside of continuing my studies at that time. So, but like I had, I had to take a break. I had to rest. So that's what I did. I was like a lot more pessimistic about life because I felt like really hopeless, especially during like the pain getting worse and worse. Yeah. At a later point, because of the pain, I got major depression. And that's why I saw a psychiatrist. I was not too sure where I was going. But since it has stabilized, I can like think more about the future. Because that when I was suffering from the pain, the pain was all I was dealing with. I couldn't like do much other than that. Right now, like I've been working because I ended up finishing school online. During the COVID, I plan to go back to school to pursue a, a teacher certificate. I think having like the pain stabilized, it really lets me like know where my limits are, where I can go, where I can move on in the future. I really hope it doesn't get worse again in the future, but there's only so much I can do to prevent it. So you were talking about you had your last semester in your third year. So you finished your undergrad in three years, supposed to, Yes. and was going to go to a direct PhD. I can imagine that that implies you have very great abilities. Uh, at school, yes. <laughs> I really like studying. Yeah, I like learning a lot. Did having the pain affected how you see yourself? Yes, I felt that I was useless and worthless when I was in pain. I felt like I couldn't do anything anymore in life. Yeah, that is very hard. Did anything or any saying, any friend, any family was able to speak to that? Or it's just, you know, just the pain is just too much. Any, any, barely anything is comforting. Yeah, there was, I think the church community really helped. My family, they were really supportive. They're supportive of me. I remember like I was talking to like a social worker 
because I was studying doctors and everything like, and it's in Canada. So <laughs> everything is covered by the government. And I was saying, because I felt so worthless and useless. And like, I don't think there's any hope of recovering. I was telling the social worker, like, I feel like I was wasting taxpayers' money because I'm getting free healthcare, right? And I'm not contributing it. Or I have, there's no hope of me contributing to society anymore. And the social worker was saying, he thinks that's where his money... I, I forgot like exactly how he replied, but he was, what he meant was he think it, it was worth it paying the tax money for, for this purpose. Spending, like the government spending their tax on the healthcare to help other people was worth it. Like it really like touched me. It yeah, it touched me. Is it the point that you are worthy of the care yeah. you receive? Yeah, that that touched you. That's very good. That's really good that the saying touched you. It's a really weird conversation, but but yeah, somehow that helpful. And it stuck with you till today. So that's certainly something. Yeah. But not everyone can understand this. So for example, we have a term called invisible disability, which is a disability that is not from an outward appearance discernible. Yeah. And to a certain extent, you're experiencing that because you look like a healthy young man, but inside you're living with pain. How was your experience living with that in society? I. I had a really bad experience at the subway station uh, when I was taking the elevator with everyone else. So like we were queuing up for it and because the line was pretty long. I didn't skip the queue or anything, um, but I needed it because I can't go downstairs because it hurt it. So some people were saying like while I was in the elevator, they were saying, uh, Oh, young people should be more active. They should like shouldn't be taking the elevator like the other elderly or senior people. So I was really hurt by that. I was pretty much crying as I was leaving the elevator. I I really hope like society would be be, be less judgmental. Sometimes like they can't see some the disabilities. You can't see it visually. I was not in a wheelchair, but even though like I have legs, I need the elevator. So it really helps to not be judgmental when we are looking at other people who actually has accessibility needs. It really goes to show that how a random saying can come out really judgmentally and can really pierce someone's heart. And hurt them. Yeah. Yeah. That's difficult. So when you heard that and you were almost crying when you're walking out of the elevator, what were you upset about? I was upset that I have joint pain. Like I wish I didn't have joint pain. Like other young people. Because <laughs> the person in the elevator was saying uh like other like young people in general. Like yeah, I was really sad that I have joint pain. 
So you feel like it's unfair because the person was comparing you with other young people Yes. and it's unfair that you have joint pain and other people didn't and he put you to a comparison with just any other young person in general. Yeah, and mostly, like, at that point, like, I was emotionally mostly because of myself, less about the person saying that phrase. But because at that point, I was already thinking that I'm, I was, like, worthless and useless. It supports my self-esteem, like, what I see myself as. Mm. Yeah. Mm. seemingly harmless saying can turn out to trigger a lot you don't kiss we never know what another person is going through that's difficult right now do you have an idea of what caused or what led to the stabilization of pain I'm not completely sure. I think resting a lot helps. But I like just like not moving around or, or standing too much helps. Because when I walk or stand for too long, I still experience pain more than dull. I'm not too sure. Okay, so that's fair. You were talking about, in terms of the pain currently, you know your limits, so you know what to do, what not to do. So that's a, one of the ways that you manage your pain. Are there any other ways that you do to manage your pain? I read a book uh, on pain management. It's about dirty and clean pain, they call it. I think that was really helpful. So they define clean pain as something that we physically feel. So like when a needle poke us or when you slap yourself, you can feel that physical pain. But dirty pain is when we have chronic pain and we are starting to Think about the pain and suffering that comes along. It really helped me distinguish what I'm actually feeling, my sensations, and what I'm thinking on the pain or future or anything that comes along with the pain. So that's clean pain and then suffering. That is the dirty pain. And knowing about my thought process about pain, it helps me a little trying to like accept it. when I tried everything I can and there's no improvement. Right now, I just kind of sometimes see myself as an old person. Sometimes like old people, they just have to accept that they can't walk that long anymore. And I just see myself like that. I can't bend down. Yeah. Would you say you sort of see yourself as an old person? Uh, is that coming from a positive sense? Like, you know what? I'm just an old person now. That's fine. Or like, I'm an old person. I can't do these things. I would say it's positive, mostly positive. Like I see myself, we all have our own limitations. Now these are my new limitations. So I, I will have to adapt to the new limitations. And sometimes some limits, they come and go. Sometimes they stay forever. Yeah, I would say it's positive, <laughs> mostly positive. So, in a sense, you were flexible and adaptable to this new body that you're living in. You have accepted it, embraced it, perhaps, and learned how to live with it. Is that correct? Yes. When you say 
you can't walk for too long, you can't bend down. Is this something that you'd like to be able to do in the future? Or you're like, you know what, it's fine. Someone else can do it for me. Okay. Yeah, of course, I'd love to be able to walk or stand or kneel again. It's just I don't know how to. And I feel sometimes, like right now, I feel like trying to achieve that again. It felt very tiring when I was trying to find a diagnosis and a treatment or a cure. And right now, it's just I didn't want to experience the same uh, tiring search for a solution. So I haven't been trying too hard. Yeah, so, and I remember you talked about you're starting to get back to exercising to strengthen your muscles. What are you doing right now? Just like stretches, like really simple stretches, like at home with a mat. But I'm not too regular anymore. Is it all right to say that you've sort of come to a state where you've accepted it and you're fine with living with this limitation and you're not too motivated or perhaps also mitigating the risk of frustration and more pain uh, to find solutions of how to improve your overall function and mobility. I don't know. Like it doesn't happen very often anymore, but, but sometimes I feel more frustrated. Like, I, oh, I wish I could. Or not frustrated, but like... Uh, little disappointed like i wish i could join that event or like activity like church sports day stuff stuff like that like i i would think to myself like i wish i could join but i cannot so it's all right stuff like that so i i think i still like long for a healthy body again it's just i'm uh yeah, too tired of um, trying anymore. But I, I think I want to, yeah. Over the years, would you say your management strategy is more so reducing the exposure of activity? Or would you say you've also modified some activities, like modified how you do certain things, such that there will be less risk of pain? It was mostly like reduced at first, but now it's really minor modification because the pain isn't that bad anymore. So, but if it stayed really bad, I think there will be major modifications in most of what I do. But yeah, right now it's pretty minor, nothing. <laughs> That's always good to hear. Yeah, like finding jobs, like I just have to find one where I can get a seat, but it's not like a big deal. Would you say you live well with pain? Yeah, right now, it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. Does that mean there are rooms for improvement in terms of how you live with pain? Yeah, like I think I want to be more regular on my uh, stretches, like to maybe help with the pain. Because I'm not doing too much about the pain anymore. I'm not really like living well with it. I think I living well with pain means I've accepted it, but I still have to do something about it. G given that, like, I don't have a diagnosis and maybe it will get better. Like, it's not like it's a dead end for sure. 
because it did fluctuate, it did stabilize before, so there's a chance of maybe getting better, which I'm not working towards that regularly anymore. Okay, I think that's a that's a very interesting and important point because you have gotten to a point where even though pain is still a reality, it's it's not a primary reality that you are facing. There are more things going on in life, and this is only a part of life. Yeah, definitely. So currently, um, well, I've. I guess we've sort of answered that question. What has been the most helpful management for your pain? Resting really helped. That would be the most helpful for my case. I think like my family, my faith, friends, they helped. But at the end of the day, like there's only so much other people can do for me. Oh, and also like learning to accept it. Help a lot, yeah. Like learning to accept the pain. Would you recommend similar strategies and mindsets or ways of adapting for other people to live well with pain? I would say for people who experience pain because of a specific medical conditions, that should not be their <laughs> their coping mechanism. I think it works for me because I couldn't figure out why I'm having the pain. So maybe it'll help for older people who just experience pain like out of nowhere as well. Because、uh, sometimes they don't know why they have the pain. Like it just comes with age、uh, for some joint pain, like knee. But I. I can only speak for myself on on this. Hmm. Yeah, that's fair. So, some concluding questions. You're on this podcast, and thank you so much for being so open about your experience. And your- thank you for having me. A lot of our audience are current or aspiring healthcare providers. What would you want to say to them? I want to say thank you so much for taking care of us. I know pain is like a really hard symptom to gauge, cause cause uh, we we don't have like a test to to test it out, like blood tests or anything with numbers. And thanks for being compassionate and helping us manage our pain, and don't give up. That's encouraging. Would you have anything to say for those who are living with pain? For those who are living with pain, um, make sure to see a doctor <laughs> if you have any pain. I know doctor haven't been very help. Doctors haven't been very helpful in my case, but a lot of pain symptoms they can have a, a underlying cause or condition, and don't give up as well. <laughs> and also for healthcare providers. Uh, sometimes we may appear really frustrated, but、uh, please be understanding because most of the times we're frustrated about our own pain and conditions, like our own illnesses. But sometimes it seems like we're expressing it towards the people around us. But yeah, that's usually not not the case. 
we're just upset that we're underpaid. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Any last words before we end the podcast interview? No. Okay. Again, thank you so much, Elijah, for sharing and being open, and you have shared a lot of good insights for all our audience to uh, just tap into this pain story and see the changes, the impacts, and the people that are involved in this pain story. All the best to you, Elijah, and to our audience as well. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Paincast. I hope it was helpful and meaningful to you. Elijah was very open and honest about his experience, and there were a few things that stood out to me. We've always understood that pain has a biopsychosocial effect, but in this episode, we were really able to see the tangible effects of pain. Biologically, we see how pain can be physically limiting to different extents. Psychologically, not only can pain cause emotions, it can also change how someone sees things and sees life in general. Elijah talked about how his personality has changed, how he was more easily frustrated at things, and was more pessimistic about life. This reinforces why we need to be patient and compassionate as we work with patients with pain. And if patients are frustrated when we see them, we understand where they're coming from. It is also important to reinforce the worth of a person, even though their pain may have stopped them from doing what they want to do. Socially, we see how pain can be a barrier for someone to participate in social activities and how invisible disability can lead to difficulties navigating the social or even work environment. I hope all of you who are listening also have lots of takeaway from this deep dive of Elijah's pain experience. To support our podcast, please subscribe and rate the podcast on Spotify or Podbean and share it with your network. Stay tuned for future episodes on pain and physiotherapy.